0: Yesterday, we had the opportunity to see our go down to New Jersey to watch our younger son, Blaine, play in a basketball game with his college against Catholic University, a uh, big rival, which they won. He played very well. But that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is the trip down and back, the drive down and back. As we drove there and back, I was reminded again and again by a helpful woman sitting in the car with me <laughs> that I should... St- keep alert she kept asking me how am i doing she kept out saying watch out for that guy swerving into our lane she said keep awake a lot of the same things that jesus says to his disciples in that gospel passage from the 13th chapter of matthew this morning the difference is my estimated time of arrival as long as i listened to the sound advice of my fellow traveler uh, was pretty much assured. My estimated time, I knew pretty much where I, when I was going to get there. But for what Jesus is telling those early disciples and us to keep alert for, for there is no clear timetable. Remember uh, what Jesus says, but about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the sun, but only God beware Keep alert, for you do not know when that time will come. It is important to remember that Advent in the church is not only a time to prepare for celebrating the first coming of Christ on Christmas, but also how we are preparing ourselves for Christ coming again in our lives today. At times, on long drives, one might not appreciate someone who asks every few seconds, are you awake? How are you doing? Uh, uh, What what, what are you going to do now? But how important it is to have those questions asked of one another on the spiritual journey that we share in together. In our lives, we need to be asking ourselves and each other, are we awake to what is happening around us? Are we aware of what Christ is calling us to do about it? How are we doing in our walk with Christ? One of the most powerful quotes I think I've ever read, and I'm sure it's familiar to many of you, actually appears on the Holocaust Memorial down near Faneuil Hall in Boston. It's written by a pastor, Martin Niemöller, who was a victim of the Nazis during World War II. And the quote goes like this. First they came for the communists, and I did not speak out because I was not a communist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. And then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. Today, we could say, then they came for the poor, and I was not poor. Then they came for the undocumented, and I was un- not undocumented. They- and then they came for someone who had a different gender identity than I. It's so easy to be lulled asleep when we are relatively or perceive ourselves as being relatively comfortable. Living comfortable existences when injustice and poverty and oppression and violence doesn't appear to affect us personally. But Advent is a time that we are called to ask ourselves, are we aware? Are we awake? And not only that, but are we responding, as Christ's people, to what is happening around us? What is happening in our own lives? This is, I'm sure, the reason that the Council of Bishops of the United Methodist Church came up with Global Migration Sunday. The plight of 65 million men, women, and children forced to leave their homes and migrate to places unknown cannot be ignored. Especially at the start of Advent, as I shared with the children, when we were reminded of Mary and Joseph who flee their home in order to keep their family safe. But not only just because of Mary and Joseph, We are connected to these refugees and immigrants because we are connected as children of God. Because of our common humanity. Because what it means to breathe this air we all breathe together. We are connected to children of God by anyone who sees us who we might see as somehow different for any reason. They are not different. They are who we are. Everyone here comes from a family of migrants. Pretty much, I would guess. We are fundamentally connected. We're called to be connected, but not only to feel connected. As Paul writes to the church in Corinth, we have been given, we are enriched with the power of speech and knowledge, We have the resources, we are equipped, and we're ready to go. We just have, the question is, are we able to respond? Will we as a church family offer the spiritual strength and the hope and the encouragement to one another which enables us to walk the path we're called to walk? We need each other. Whispering in each other's ear, or like the friendly helper on my drive—not necessarily (laughs) whispering—we need each other to let each other know, to keep watch, to be alert, to keep awake. But it's not about a head in the clouds, staring, gazing up to heaven, sort of watching. You know, there's a place in the Scriptures in Acts where two disciples are looking up into the heavens when Jesus has just ascended and and a couple angels come and, and basically ask, why are you standing there? And that's the question we need to be asked by messengers of God. At times... We need to let each others know we need to be more than just standing around. We need to even be more than just praying around. If it means sitting by ourselves praying, we need to be active and involved in our watching, in our journey, which keeps us focused on the way God guides us as individuals and God calls to guide us in ministry that we share together. Now, the Bible is clear that God's idea of time is very different than our own. The idea of Jesus coming soon is certainly a, a relative concept, but until whenever soon is, we're called to live, we're called to make every day fit For Jesus to see, prepared in every moment the scriptures tell us to meet him face to face. Do you live your life that way in the decisions and in the choices that you make in your life? Would you be comfortable Jesus perusing those decisions and choices? It is overwhelming to think about. But I have a little story. One of my favorite short stories is written by Leo Tolstoy. It's called uh, Where Love Is, There God Is. And it's a story about Martin the Cobbler. Martin is someone who begins to read the Bible and wants to understand more about God. And he prays for a tangible sense of the presence of Christ. And one night he has a vision and hears this promise. Martin, tomorrow I shall visit you. So the next morning he is very excited. He begins to clean out his workshop and he, he, he sweeps it and he, begins, he waits expectantly. But the day passed And nothing sort of out of his ordinary day happens. Nothing to break his normal routine. In the the evening, Martin sits uh, by the firelight with the Bible on his knees. He's sad and he's disappointed. And then in the shadows, he sees the image images of those who walked in the shop that day. The old street sweeper, a little boy who finds himself in trouble, a confused woman, and a number of others. And each time he sees one of those images, one of those people who he helped in just sort of kind and simple neighborly ways, He hears the voice of Christ. Martin, it is I. Have you seen Christ lately? Have you noticed a person in need? Have you noticed a person hurting? Have you noticed a person confused? Have you noticed a person lonely? Have you noticed a person fearful because of decisions recently made outside of their control? Have you noticed someone searching? Inasmuch as you have done to the least of my brothers and sisters, you have done it unto me, Jesus says. It's 22 days to Christmas. I'm not sure if you're ready for that or not, if you've done all your shopping or got your house decorated or, like some of us, not done it at all. But the real question over these 22 days and all the days to come after that is not whether you are ready for Christmas, but are you ready to welcome the living God into your life. Are you ready for Christ? Will you be prepared? Is what you're doing today, what you do this week, what you do in this year ahead, making you more ready, making you more prepared? I I hope that this church in small ways we'll help you in that preparation. It's not going to help you decorate your house or buy your presents, but I hope and pray that in some small way that this church will help you prepare to live a life filled with Christ. That you will walk in that path that God has given us each the opportunity to walk in. That you will recognize and notice the living God coming alive in each every day, all around us. Think about the end of that gospel passage that Lauren read from in the 13th chapter of Mark. Mark. It's as if the master has gone on a short journey and he's left his servants in charge. And there's work to be done. In a world that oftentimes seems to be lacking, there's work to be done. Are we keeping awake? Are you alert? Are you watching where you're going? And does it show in your life? Only you and God knows. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we put ourselves in your hands on this and every day and just ask for your guiding presence. We know that we falter and fail and stumble and stammer. But God, we know that you live. We know you live in us and we know you live in all of those we share humanity with. Help us to see our common connectedness. Help us to understand who we are and whose we are. And we just pray, dear God, if someone comes this morning with a special burden that seems overwhelming in their life, that they might know at this moment, at this time, that they are surrounded by people who care and who love them, who welcome them, who want to be a part of the journey. None of us perfect, but all of us searching for wholeness that only can come through you. We pray these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's join now on page 213 of your red hymnal. Lift up your heads, ye mighty gates. Please stand if you are able.